the year is 2002. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book... Oh God, what am I now? I'm a master. I'm a comic book master. Nope. Uh, nope. And... Incorrect. Show yep. Wrong. No, I think I, I leveled up a while ago. Certification is far from complete. <laughs> I don't know who that is who's speaking. It hasn't been introduced yet. Um, I guess I'll introduce them now. That's Dave Busing, a fat cat who's getting a little too big for his britches and better watch his back. If, uh, Listen, you know I mean. times are good right here in the comic book herald sphere. All right. This cat is getting fat. Off of the interest As... <laughs> in comics, baby. Ant-Man Quantumania season. Haven't seen it yet, but you know what I have seen, Zach? All those sweet pennies rolling into my vault. <laughs> this fat cat is gorging himself on lasagna and Mondays and doesn't even notice the team of editors and writers slowly sidling up <laughs> next to him, uh, all holding daggers. Um, also on the podcast is Charlotte Fierro, my very angry and disappointed mom. Hi, Charlotte. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, uh, it, it has failed the past three times I have, I have tried to kill you, but uh, next time will be, will be the one. <laughs> the point is you what? haven't given up. You haven't yeah, what given did, up. Yeah, exactly. What did you try? How did I you haven't given up me? on you. I mean, on killing you. <laughs> How did you try to do it? Uh, you know, from France, all the way from France to the West Ooh, Coast. Oh, I tried to United shoot States. you through the Atlantic and it didn't work. <laughs> Just firing. <laughs> firing firing randomly. <laughs> yeah. Those One of these fish. will find them. Those poor fish. <laughs> I think yeah. I actually aimed towards the UK. Maybe that was my mistake. Mm. Maybe there's a Zachary Dean in uh, in London that was shot uh, to death. I, should, uh... I bet there's a Zach. What? I bet it's like Zachary Stanton Dean. Wait, oh, God. I thought yeah, you were, exactly. For, for some reason, I thought you were like serious. You were like, yeah, with that famous <laughs> murder of Zachary Dean in London. I was yep, about to say. Yep, sure. Like, <laughs> It really what happens like, when oh you God, search for Zach Dean? Are there are there other famous Zach? Yeah, Deans? there's a there's somebody who's like oh this Zachary is good Dean, at Zach Dean Z A it's a it's no K in this one's no, name. That, I help men me, awaken yeah. to their purpose and make money online. Zach, this it's is not you. me. That's oh, not me. This is you. <laughs> That's not me. Come on, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> this is for sure you. Oh, this guy goodness. does. Uh, this guy is dressed up like Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece in one of his uh, profile pictures. Also, you pretty cool for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how far you have to go to find me. Oh, there I am. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not Google me. Um, All right, we just God, talked we're Zach, about comic so books. Yeah, please. let's go. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Dave, comic books, huh? <laughs> They're I thought cool. I thought you were doing the intro here. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I did the back. intro. I don't know. Usually, then I start talking what, about comics. And now you and went like... and got a drink. I thought maybe you transitioned us to the comics or something. All right. Um, this week on my marvelous year, we're talking the Daredevil and Elektra. That those that red couple we all know and love. Uh, yep. A top red <laughs> couple. I think it's fair to say. 
Yeah. Um, what is? What I like. <laughs> well, well, I like have one. Like Juggernaut is in red, and I think no, Juggernaut Black Tom. Black Tom Cassidy nope, also has like a red logo on his chest. You're not a red couple if only one of you is red. Come on. No, Black Tom also has a red logo. Put Black Tom in a sexy red dress. You've got yourself a red couple. I think it's very fair to say that that. Spidey and MJ. Spidey and MJ, Ooh, red costume, okay. red hair. Okay. That's a good I one. That one. I mm-hmm. was thinking Black Widow and her first Russian love, two reds, right? Out of Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, a tiny little red accent does not make you... Okay. All right. Okay. I think if you have, a, <laughs> if you have like, a, a fun Russian accent in the 60s, you are a <laughs> That makes you part of a red <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we're reading... This is kind of the beginning of the Bendis daredevil run proper we read that one arc earlier with um ben Urich, but that kind of felt like a little side story it's almost a trial like a runoff run. yeah yeah kind of it did it barely even had daredevil <laughs> um this feels like the beginning of like oh i'm doing a run on daredevil i'm setting the stage for a few years of comics here um and then we read what i think is <laughs> surprisingly just one of the stinkiest worst comics we've ever read on the show just <laughs> Wait, terrible i can't what do you mean electra it's so bad <laughs> oh oh the electra series number seven to ten yeah. that we read today. yeah yeah why is this here dave okay this, okay this comic was awful. are we, are we starting stinker. there are we starting with electra sure. yeah yeah okay all right well i mean let's just you know let's give the people something to get excited yeah, put about your, put the cards on the table dave yeah, no, we, we can talk about what's going on here and why uh, why it's here. But, you know, I do want to say these these Daredevil comics flip and rule, and I'm super excited to talk about them because, man, was it was it fun. Uh, I do also just want to call out, so we read Daredevil 2637, and all these issues, of course, are in the show notes. You can get them at patreon.com slash this year for the full spreadsheet. Um, Daredevil number 26, as many of you may remember, the original Volume 1 Daredevil, that Daredevil Volume 26, uh, Volume 1 number 26, is Stiltman Strikes Again. So this is a real legacy issue of anytime you're doing a Daredevil 26, you have to come out with your best A-game because the so legacy who's, who's here that? is Stilt Man Strikes Again uh, as as produced by Stanley and Gene Colan. Um, Artie Semek on letters on that part. Stout Man? What's that? Stout Man, uh, he only drinks stouts. Uh, he, he only will drink them out of a can into a glass where you do the hard pour over hmm. where it's like, I don't feel good about how hard I have to pour this, but the can says I have to do it all all in one shot. I can't gently yep. try to defoam this on the side of the glass. Put a little uh, four-leaf clover on the top, yeah. Yeah, and he calls himself Stout Man, and everyone at the party mm. is just is just sounds, sick, sounds like sick of this guy, right? Because it's like you have a keg going, right? Um, you know, like thirty, like a lot of 30-year-olds love getting a keg and uh, <laughs> for their house parties. And, uh, and this guy shows up. He's like, oh, you got any stout? No, no one has a stout. Come on. What are you, a lumberjack? Uh, anyway. Uh, forget, forget no, please go on. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really. I have more thoughts. I following, have more thoughts. We're following. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, Electra. You did tell us before we recorded that you have been up for since four a.m. <laughs> <You laughs> I show. got up early with the kids today. Uh, this is this is a rough. I, I feel like two thousand two. Some real ma- tired Matt Murdock energy uh, on this. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like absolutely losing it. All my friends trying to calm me down. Uh, oh, Charlotte, yep. what did you think of Electra? Do you agree with Zach? Uh, I don't know if it's the worst comic we've read, but it's what? pretty it's out terrible. there. I don't know if Come it's... on, it's... <laughs> yeah, but we've read some comic pretty terrible read. comic. We've read. I mean, you've read Marvel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I guess on, it is One close to that level. It's very no. It's pretty uh, close. Like it's in the close. Bottom. Yeah, the Marvel. It's, like, it's 
Stop it. I mean, it. I think it's it's worse than Dazzler. It's worse than Dazzler the movie. It's for sure. It's in the it, bottom three. Wow. Okay. It's, You're coming I mean, out. It's yeah. ugly. First off, you love Dazzler the movie, so that's not yeah, like, that, really I mean, a great for comic. you. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it's so ugly. I mean, it's so ugly, right? Like, I'm not wow. crazy. Chuck Austin's art in those first two issues is Yeah, terrible. it looks really bad. It somehow looks, like, very, like, digital and, like, like... um. Well, they're doing not like, finished VFX kind of look. They're doing like a digital watercolor effect yeah, over everything, like a filter. Pretty but, bad, and the, but the actual like, like character design. Faces, oh, yeah. so ugly. Now, Zach, can bodies, I ask you? Did you read oh. Daredevil first? Because no, that was uh-uh. that actually made it way worse for me too. Because yeah. you go from Alex Maleev, who I just flipping adore and absolutely love his artistic stylings and the way he draws everyone. And, and then you go to this Electra series with Chuck Austin, which BT dubs, yes, that is the same Chuck Austin who famously is about to take over the Uncanny X-Men in this universe does he, does he to try? similar, to actually fiercer um, fan backlash. Like the I, Chuck I Austin read, run. Yeah. <laughs> I've read some of that Chuck Austin. I, I read the Only Angels Have Wings or whatever on the Wings of Angels. Yeah, we know we, you've for, been shipping... You've been shipping Angel and Page Skysex for for years now. Ever yeah, since you had this little, I read. think that arc is fine, not great, but not like a disaster. This is a disaster. This is terrible. The comic disaster. Looks awful. The comic looks terrible. I mean, it looks. It kind of looks. Like I don't somebody... think Chuck Austin's art is that bad. I think you're overstating. Oh, I think it. It kind of like compared to yeah, the rest I... of what we've read, at least in my most compared to the rest of comic, compared to the rest of the worst art drawings. I think looks... we have read. Yeah. Unholy guacamole! It looks like an MS Paint <laughs> web comic that like a teenager spat out. <laughs> oh not, come like, on! Enough. Yeah. No, I kind of agree. Yeah. It. The, it, it looks like it was it's made in like tough to get through. Like just visually, not even talking about like the scenario, like the the actual writing visually it is hard which to i think the through. writing's bad too but that yeah art is a disaster i mean it kind of <laughs> looks like um what's that 90s program that was like made in cgi it kind of looks like someone made this in a computer and it was just like freeze frames of like you know yeah it looks uh, like like, like the MS first Paint steps of animation like if you if you yeah, look at yeah, rough yeah. animations like from previs, like shrek or yeah. any any mm-hmm. 3d animated movie like the very first draft <clears throat> that's kind of what it looks like where there's a very uncanny valley quality Ex- to it. <laughs> except that sometimes like i mean their arms and legs will be like double the length of normal arms and legs yeah. <laughs> just okay. arbitrarily okay. like a woman's i feel and, like and you're both beating around the bush and I'd like you to tell us how you really feel about, about and then this also, comic. Hang on, hang on, feel... though. Hang on. Okay, go on. Go on, go on. Chuck, Chuck is only on two issues that we read. He's yeah, only the other on two seven are and okay. eight, and then nine and ten are Joe Bennett, who is condemnable Fine. for yeah. for different reasons now. Yeah. Post-Immortal. No, Hulk. one of my favorite artists of all time. <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> did he do something Well, Joe bad? Bennett did Immortal Hulk without Ewing. Oh, And that did guy. fantastic oh. work, but... The the caveat yeah, to that yeah, entire yeah, yeah. run is he snuck in anti-Semitic hateful messages, allegedly, but not allegedly because they're there and we see them. And uh, and has, has since come out as like a really big Bolsonaro supporter in Brazil. And I guess if you understand Brazilian politics, you'll know what that means. But the but the on paper problem was anti-Semitic messaging. So it's like that whole run is tainted in a way that really is a tremendous bummer because Al Ewing just absolutely destroyed with uh, with Immortal Hulk. Um, anyway, same artist, Joe Bennett, here on here on these lectures. I knew I recognized the name. I, his art's fine. But, I think but his art's and fine. I'm I'm putting two T's on this butt, Zach. Oh, those, those Greg Lauren covers. 
Those Greg Horn covers considerably baby. better than Chuck Austin's art, which is saying something. Like, yeah, I mean, and they're not good. Like that first one we read, she's got that weird proportion where she's simultaneously showing off like her full ass and her boobs at the yeah, same no, time. Yeah, no, those covers look like twist. weird, like fan art of um, future Marvel movies that you see on Twitter that look like. <laughs> AI generated somehow, like really That's bad, really like funny. floating heads There's everywhere. There's a lot of AI like, generation. Uh, this this is ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is is Greg Horn and then an AI? Because that I, would make a lot of sense. I would not be surprised <laughs> at all if Greg Horn was a pseudonym for yep. like yeah, like an like a two thousands Marvel. Oh, very program. horny AI. Just the horniest I gotta, AI. I, wait, guys, 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 listen to this. Greg Horny. Yeah, we've we've that made that before? joke the last time about we talked about Greg Zach, no, Zach, no high five, yeah. high you, five. <laughs> I baby. knew that would land. Nailed um, it. Also, I like that Greg Land because his art is very similar to Greg Land. Sorry, go ahead. That's, I think Greg yeah, Land is superior to Greg Horn in that. Land I hate that I agree, but I agree of sorts, and can sometimes. Like, when he's not tracing literal porn stars, you're like, yeah, okay, I can see why this guy gets yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Greg Horn uh, just has this early 2000s run. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing... looking at the ish, at the yeah. art for, like, the cover of issue eight, and her suit is just body painted on. Like, oh, I well, it's... I mean, that's such a standard way of doing it. It's awful. I, <laughs> I think what you're forgetting like... is any time the comic is about sexual assault, you definitely want to lead in with the most objectifying, <laughs> yep. uh, sultriest Electra covers you can do. I feel like it really tonally... No, it's completely cognitively dissonant. <laughs> like, it is yeah, It is yep. so bizarre and kind of gross. Not uh, kind of gross. It's it's gross, actually, it, it, to have these it, covers with the other part of, of this comic subject matter. The, the sexual assault stuff in this lands so poorly, and it is the most, like, I'm a man who learned everything I know about the experience of being sexually assaulted and what that's like from, like popular 90s movies like 80s and 90s action movies or something right like i mean that's a that's a bold i mean you could say it reads that way like i don't know greg ruck's experience i don't want to No, but yeah yeah i don't know i I don't know what he's sure through or who you know no no i guess that's that's true i I don't want (laughs) to cast any aspersions on the actual man's experience but that's what it reads like so so Uh, let's talk so all right so both of you are saying worst art we've ever seen and greg ruckus stinks that's what i'm hearing from both of you no, I've read good Greg Rucka comics, but but, this th- is but on Electra, but Electra G- Greg Rucka kind of stinks, yeah, yeah, and, okay. and it actually retroactively made me feel vindicated for when I like because I trashed the Ultimate Daredevil and Electra stuff that he wrote for its portrayal of sexual assault, and I got a little pushback on that, and yeah, then yeah. was like, all right, sorry, like maybe and, maybe you know, because I, I think those are probably this. better actually, yeah, oh, yeah. The, those are by definitely far. better, but this this is like. Oh, an island of all women, <laughs> which I don't know the context, but maybe we're just missing it. Um, well, very, it's like, Greg Rucka also writes a lot of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, are you just, just trying to replicate? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But um, a woman there, basically, she was raped by four different men from, like, differing backgrounds ten years yeah. ago. And she hires Electra to <laughs> gather them all and, like, deliver them to her. And then she does, and then Electra scolds her for <laughs> wanting revenge on them. Uh, it, it, to the point where, she, at the end, she's like, this one's sorry. You don't get to kill him. <laughs> and takes him away and frees him. Um, it's weird. I don't know what the point of it is. Like, I don't know what he's so, getting at. So, all right. Like, so, let me let me back it up and let me let me explain myself. Yeah, back that thing um, up, Dave. So, but with this two, Electra two run. First off, 
I feel like we have to touch on it because it, it's the 35 issue run that Electra has from 2001 to 2004. Electra has kind of a moment here, and then there's going to be, you know, there's the Daredevil movie with Jennifer Garner's Electra, and then there's a Jennifer Garner solo Electra movie, right? So, like, early 2000s into the mid 2000s, Electra has a renaissance of sorts. Because to this point, you know, we really skipped over the 90s solo Electra stuff, um, more or less entirely. But, you know, to this point in the club, all we've read is, like, the Frank Miller stuff, which we all either love or respect the hell out of, you know, one version or the other. Um, but it's been pretty pretty singularly tied to a Miller, and then, you know, you throw in, like, Sinkavage, yeah. right? Now you get other creators playing. So the first six issues of this run are written by Bendis, and we skipped over those, but essentially what they do is they just set up, like, okay, we're going to focus in on the assassin part of the message here and play it pretty straight. Certainly compared to Electra Assassin, which is like a fever dream, right? And it's just Electra taking assassin gigs. Um, could be fun in the right hands, you know, I suppose. The reason I include issues 7 through 10 is, you know, they're written by Greg Rucka. And we haven't read any Rucka at this point. Um, he is, I would say, like, like he's a second or third tier down on in terms of, like, biggest, you know, most recognizable comic writers name-wise. Um, but is, you know, is higher up there, right? Like Lazarus is a really successful indie series. Um, wrote some, broke Gotham Central with Ed Brubaker. Uh, had a lot of success read, on Wonder Woman. We just Woman. read some Rucka. We, we read yeah, Rucka Black like Widow. It, it was that Kingpin. Oh, was it Tangled Web? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was Tangled Web, and then I feel like there's one other, but yeah. Black Widow, <laughs> I think, was him. Was it? Yeah. I think okay. Maybe I think, Black Widow. But, I think for yeah, me, anyway. Lazarus is my favorite thing that they've done. Yeah, Lazarus um, is very good. But like uh, but a, a very reputable, steady, uh, generally pretty good. And th- th- Ruck also writes a Wolverine run around this. So, like, you know, as a creator, like, doing a lot, right? Like, doing Detective Comics, doing Wolverine, doing this Electra, it does feel like... Oh, yeah, and Gotham Central. Gotham Central rules. And Gotham Central is yet to come, timeline-wise. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. Oh, also no, involving 52, year, yeah. which is, you know, Renee Montoya, the question, like, a really really good career yeah uh in big two and elsewhere but yeah these lectures so you know for that for that reason alone i think it's like okay this is interesting um is this stuff gonna work and i remembered when i read these the first time that the whole like okay it's it's a rape revenge story with electra as the assassin delivering these and i remember reading this a number of years ago and feeling uncomfortable and being like i don't think this works but not really yeah knowing how to put that into words or if I was quite right or maybe I was overreacting or whatever. Um, reading again, I did not feel any better. <laughs> like I definitely, <laughs> I did not yeah. be like, oh no, they, this totally works. Uh, it, no, it's, you, I get what they're trying to do, I suppose, which is to say, like they're trying to give, in some ways, this woman, the women in the story and this woman-led comic the power over these men and you have moments where you have men being assholes, just you know, just standing in line, being jerks at the airport, right, and getting their comeuppance by Electra, sort of thing, and like trying to call out some of that awful behavior. I think, uh, but the at the end of the day, this invention of a Themyscira, where the only thing you can do is a rape revenge story, and to your point, Zach, where you have an ending where Electra's like kind of scolding about whether or not the men deserve it it all it all just has a sour taste i think and well, then it, you factor it in it doesn't look good sorry, and it doesn't read 
Oh, it doesn't look good, Dave. Fun. Oh, do you agree with that? I'm I, okay. <laughs> You've listen. been hesitant to. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree that it doesn't look good, but I I hesitate to say that it is like one of the worst things we've ever seen. Like I feel like you both are describing it as. I I would not have gone to the depths that that you two have just sunk. I I just want to say I think your your question of did you read this after Daredevil uh, is really funny because it suggests <laughs> that I have like the memory of a young squirrel and I'm just like. You know, every day my critical acumen I think that's resets. Yeah. Whatever whatever images I look at that are the first pictures of the day, I'm very open to. And well, it's definitely I, true. Because <laughs> even from podcast to podcast, every podcast, the first 20 minutes, you'll be like, this is the worst comic I've ever seen. And then the last 20 <laughs> minutes, you're like, yeah, pretty good, B+. <laughs> Boy, so I feel like the, yeah. the squirrel memory definitely definitely comes into play. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm more or less aligned. I don't. I, I didn't read these again and think, oh, I would, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is this is great. It feels like it should be relevant and important because Greg Rucka is so well regarded. Um, and, it, you know, it dev- does has a reputation, too, as a guy who writes strong female leads well. Right. Like Rucka has a uh-huh. really great reputation on Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, Renee Montoya, yeah, yeah, the yeah. question. Uh, Lazarus, you know, the lead in that is, is female as well. Um and you get that opportunity here with Electro. And I, I think it's one of those things, too, where it's like it's early-ish in their comics career, as we know it, you know, and they're figuring things out, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't click. It doesn't click. It, but it I'm should, fascinated it, to hear you say, yeah. this is one of the worst comics we've ever read, and it's down there with Dazzle of the Movie. Like, that's... I was not prepared for that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, all the, the rape stuff is pretty, like... It, it feels like someone who fundamentally misunderstands... Like, it's not celebrating well, well, or glorifying it or anything that would be no, like but it doesn't get what like a rape revenge movie either, does like... or what it could do. Like what the the point of the, <laughs> the those is not to like scold the women for being. I mean, the, the language he uses around the women who, the woman who wants revenge is she's like he ruined me, he defiled me. It's very like it. It's just. I mean, I I hate to like put this out. Like I don't really like this criticism, but it really feels like a man's point of view <laughs> of all this stuff. Like, I it, I mean that in, you know, kind of the most shallow way, but, like, it feels like someone who has really not, like, talked to people about this, really, like, experienced it, to, you know, whatever. I, again, I'm not saying this about Greg Rocco, but that's how it reads. It just reads as very, like, naive to the actual, like, specificities of this situation. And then also, like, it just doesn't get what it wants to do with, like, like rape revenge stuff. Like, those movies, you know, the best ones, like Lady Snowblood or female prisoner scorpion those are some of my favorites uh you know they're supposed to be cathartic (laughs) that's the point they're about like reclaiming power not about uh trying to reclaim power and then being scolded for being too uh you know like trigger happy yeah Um, it's called by an assassin like especially the fact that it's electra scolding her yeah she kills people just very weird yeah yeah well and that's the that's the especially weird thing about it is even in the moment it feels wrong character wise but then, like, if you continue to read the run, like, Electra kills a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah so it, it she kills she kills even some more tonally later. inconsistent <laughs> In this... to like be talking about rape, but rape is like the one thing she can forgive and be like, oh no, they're fine. Yeah, like, you should one. forgive them. Like, huh? Yeah. And, and then um, she like she literally yeah. snaps a mugger's neck later. She leaves a bunch of them dead on the ground. And yeah, tried to steal from her. But she's like, <laughs> whatever. It's it's 
it's rough. Um, that combined with the art, I think, makes this like one of the stinkier bottom five comics for me. You know what, Zach? Can I can I just be clear about my my oh, reaction my. here and, and this here whole conversation? Go. I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not fighting you on this. I'm not saying um, you're wrong. I'm yeah. surprised oh, yeah. by the by the how much you disliked it, but mm. I'm not gonna say you're wrong because I can't sit here and be like, no, secretly, this is why it's awesome. Because even just on like a okay, that's so the thread of things. And the sexual assault and the fact that it's trying to deal with rape, let us uh, that falls apart. Even if you, like, try to remove that from the thing, or, or you get to issue 10, which isn't about that story anymore, right? It's a new issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, <clears throat> it's not a particular, like, it's really trying to do sort of assassin by way of espionage, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's re- and Greg Rucker writes a really good espionage comic called, um, well, Checkmate on DC, uh, but also Queen and Country, which is um, kind of an indie one, I think, out from Oni Press. Like, yeah, Rucker has a great resume, I don't, like, as we talk about this, but... This it's kind of trying to do that, but with an assassin, and it's just not. It's not exciting. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like oh yeah, Electra and a John Le Carre novel. Uh, you know that'll be fun, and it's like yeah, it's yeah. not. <laughs> so I I cannot super defend this run. I felt like we had to get a taste, and uh, I'm glad that I ruined everyone's breakfast with that taste. Yeah, I also, I also think we don't see enough of like Electra's character like who she is it is very focused on having us see the the character personality of the like four men and kind of of the woman who's seeking revenge but like Electra is just kind of the like <coughs> horror movie monster that goes after them that yeah. can be stopped yeah and like she's we know she's very angry but then that she also forgives like saves the guy by the end and it's like what's how does that make sense? Like, we don't see enough of her. She's not really the main character uh, often, except, like, those, the last, uh, I think, two issues, like, the ones with Joe Bennett on art, are more focused on her being the, the focus on the story. Well, I think uh, But even roots... then, we... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I mean, I was just going to say, even then, the, like, we we don't see much of, like, her thought process, which could be fine. Like, that could work if, like it didn't feel like an excuse for her behavior being like very random and unreconcilable. Uh, yeah, it, it is weird and it feels like very inconsistent on that level because we don't see enough of her as the, the actual protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they, that legacy you... goes back to Frank Miller as well. Um, yeah. Where Electro Assassin, for example, our main POV character is John Bolton, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. You know? Like yeah, because she's never supposed to be the protagonist like she's not a she's she's kind of a horror movie monster like she's a yeah a strange threatening figure she's not a she's not a hero really a protagonist even when the comic is about her it's about her as like this weird figure not really like as a force a, yeah yeah not really as a character we can understand and so it's, it's i mean it is hard to write an electra story yeah. rather than yeah, like yeah, a, a daredevil point. story with electra for example um, but yeah, but it makes it also all the more frustrating that like, is this the only uh, comic about a female protagonist that's like ongoing in Marvel at this time? Because we've had like Black Widow mm. three Shimini series stuff like that. But is there another female ongoing series at this point? Well, we've got so yeah, I mentioned Black. We're, well, Emma Frost over has, DC has the, the weird year, long solo run about her childhood. Okay. Um, I feel like that counts. I didn't know about that, okay. <laughs> Weird. Also, as Greg Horn covers, because there's a lady uh, in the comments. Of um, has. I'm not seeing in the lists anything I've... Oh, Mystique is about to get a long run. 
Uh, a tiger mini okay. this this year. Uh, there's a tiger mini that I left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is I mean, true. And we're I think we're a few years oh, from black like, cat, the evil that men do. Like that. And Jessica Jones. Um, oh yeah, and I next guess, year yeah. is probably the, but yeah, actually like, Jessica Jones is happening right now. We're just not going to talk about it until next year. Yeah, so that, yeah. That is, but yeah, it is one. weird that like this is maybe one of the only, like probably the main uh, female-led ongoing series, and it's not really led by a female character because Elektra isn't really the focus, or at least not the not the main character in her own story. So yeah, it's it's a weird state of things, and it, it, I do think it makes the comic even more disappointing. Well, and I don't want to get into I don't want to get into like who can and can't write a comic, but. You're right. Your highest profile female-led series is never written by a woman during yeah. this era, right? Or yeah. seemingly has. Or I don't know. I don't, want, I, I don't know about any woman creative talent on this book, but from memory, there's not. And you know, like again, it's one of those things where it's just like voices in the room, right? It's kind like, of like perspectives. It feels it like we haven't had a woman writer in a long time, though. You know, it's like Louise Simonson and uh, Anna and Senti Senti, were yeah. all around the '80s and early '90s, and then like. I mean, this era is not friendly yeah. to women. Um, did we read? Did Devin <clears throat> Grayson write one of those Black Widow minis? You know, because she she's um, maybe I can't, she's one can't of the names that I know from this era yeah. who gets to do stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly. Familiar, it's, I mean, if you crunch the numbers, which I haven't done, there's no way <laughs> it appears even remote. Like that's the thing when people now you know want to talk about you know lack of representation and stuff. Like yes, push for that and and always push for progress. Um, but if you run it back to the early 2000s, like it is a lot better. Uh, it is, there is improvement. Um, it just might not be what it should be, I suppose. This episode of My Marvelous Year is brought to you by Four Sigmatic Coffee. Four Sigmatic offers coffee ground whole bean, cold brew, and pods, 100% Arabica beans, plus functional mushrooms. Listen, I used to be very scared of mushrooms okay i do not trust them i do not in my mind think i like them but it turns out over the past couple years uh one of my favorite pizzas has mushrooms all over it it's just hidden beneath great chicago flavored deep dish and now four sigmatic coffee is tricking me once again into thinking maybe mushrooms are all right this mushroom coffee is quite good i'm drinking some of the dark roast right now it just tastes like coffee it tastes like a good dark roast it's really strong the uh the idea here is you get the benefits of coffee and the caffeine boost and this stuff has a kick but fewer of the negative sort of dreaded aftermath of coffee things i have been able to sleep better when I have this Four Sigmatic coffee stuff in the morning. True story. Uh, I have not, because I, you know, you get that too much caffeine going. Listen, I drink way too much coffee, you know, way too late in the day. And uh, and then you have a hard time sleeping. Uh, and, and this stuff, I have not had as much of a problem with that. But I have had that nice caffeine kick from the Four Sigmatic coffee. So if it sounds interesting to you, you can support my Marvelous Year and get some coffee for yourself by going to go.foursigmatic.com slash MMY. Our discount code is MMY, the initials in My Marvelous Year. You can subscribe and save, get 30% off with the custom podcast code. Again, MMY at go.forsigmatic.com. Dave, everything that you just told me about kind of, uh, you know, not arguing with me, kind of agreeing with my point, understanding where I'm coming from, <laughs> I want, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get the same exact thing at the end of the Daredevil discussion. Okay. Get to that. Okay. So let's get. Let's uh, no, get I've got. I have much stronger Boy, opinions. I'm gonna. I'm gonna and, <laughs> I know. Uh, and 
I have in many ways you can make a case I that I, gonna... I actually in many ways if you wanted to say something along the lines of Dave actually read one of these series mm-hmm. um, Daredevil would be the one that you'd be more likely to say that about <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to know like on, on reread Daredevil held up just as well as like your memory for you <laughs> uh, close and close. so okay so Daredevil by Bendis and Alex Maleev was yeah. one of the got me obsessed with comics runs, right? This was this Marvel Knights era when I was diving in, getting my first Marvel Unlimited scri- subscription early in the deck, early in the 2010s. Um, it was like, you know, Priest Black Panther, uh, Jenkins Lee and Humans, and this Daredevil run, um, maybe Morrison New X-Men, right? Were kind of like the first ones. And this Daredevil run, I adored and it, it, you know, I talked about this with Exiles and with Ecstatics, you know, kind of that like, I'm nervous about trying to reread the thing because what if it was just a, it was a great entryway, but when I go back and read it, like it doesn't work. And obviously like Bendisian Dialogue, it worked for me at the time as something I hadn't read, but having read so much of it now, am I just going to be sick of it? And long story short, reading 11 issues of this in a row felt heavy. Okay, I would have been happy with six. Mm-hmm. I would have been happier with six. Like, I was at a great point, and then it got a little tedious. But I generally love this. Um, I love this run. I think Bendis and Believe come in so hot on this book and do such great work together. I, I even, like, I read all the dialogue. I'm not skipping Bendis' word balloons here. It's good. That's not true. Some of those double page spreads where there's, <laughs> <laughs> where there's like sixty five word balloons. All right, fine. I was I was waiting. Okay, I'm overstating it a little, but like the the, the banter between the mafia, the banter, and the kingpin, the hoodies, like that stuff's fun. I like that style. I think it's good. Did you just say the hoodies, the kingpin, <laughs> the hoodies, the kingpin and his the hoodies. I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to say that, but yeah, sure, kingpin that, and the hoodies. That's what also gang members are called. Hey, we're the hoodies. <laughs> Uh yeah, I've uh, been adored it. What what did both of you think? Charlotte, you go you go first. I like I didn't know anything about the Bandit run. I knew it was like one of the most critically acclaimed Deadable runs, which there mm-hmm. there are a lot of these. Um and like I knew some stuff that happens in it, but I didn't know it was from it. Like I knew Matt Murdock's identity was revealed at some point, but I didn't know it was from these. Uh so I had like very I don't know, I didn't have specific expectations, but I had the expectations of it being good. It's really, really cool. Um, it's weirdly, like, what we said about Ultimate Spider-Man, about it being, like, very light and breezy, easy to read through. I think this is as well on some level, even though it's way, like, darker in uh, less, like, comfort, comfort food comic. Um, but, like, I barely felt those 11 issues, and I could have kept going from like for, like, probably 20 issues. Yeah. Um very easy to read through despite I don't know maybe it's just because it's early Bendis but like it doesn't feel his style doesn't feel as grating even though it is very present the like walls of balloons and short um, like I don't know short uh, short sentences uh, going back and forth and being repeated um, I don't know it I didn't bother me as much than it does in some issues of like Ultimate Spider-Man or, or stuff like that um, it's it's really really interesting, and it does manage to further the the Daredevil universe in very interesting ways, and like really shake up the status quo in a way that I don't even think Miller does. Like 
just that mm. that first issue and immediately like the death which is not actually a death but the death of kingpin and <laughs> yeah the, it's not quite a status it isn't, shaker when you immediately like but, well that's not real. well it takes him out of the, it takes him out of that power structure though which it is it takes him out of the picture and it does like i think it is very successful at we've had the status quo for the past 20 years of like kingpin knows who matt is and feels like that sort of damocles hanging over his head yeah uh, but it it's like well we've done that like how how do we do that again in a more interesting way and i think like the perfect solution is that being revealed is like more dangerous to Kingpin than to Matt is a really interesting idea to me. Um, and seeing how like someone else than Kingpin, Kingpin having that power would make the worst decisions. That's like, that's a very fun idea. Vanessa coming into play and like not taking over, but her reacting to it and being the new, the new short time player, like after his death, that's really interesting. And a, an interesting foil not really a direct fall for Daredevil, but like an interesting new dyna- dynamic for for how it works. Uh, I think it's really really interesting, and the focus on like the the detectives figuring out uh, Matt's identity and the court uh, the court thing, the the legal battle between Matt and the like newspaper that's accusing him. All that is like really interesting in giving a very I don't know, realistic and grounded take on Hell's Kitchen, even more than Frank Miller, because it feels like Matt is the only non-real... Daredevil is the only non-real thing here. And every time you see an actual supervillain like Boomerang, it feels weird and out of place uh, in a a fun way. So, yeah, it feels like modern Daredevil is here uh, in a way. In a way that hasn't been even with Kevin Smith and... um, Oh, who who was right after Kevin Smith? No, uh, the the one who wrote um, Echo. Oh, David Mack. Yeah, David Mack. Because uh, like those those felt more modern in the style, like the Marvel Knights style, but it doesn't feel like the new status quo for Daredevil, and this really feels like it. And it, yeah, really really enjoyable, and I, I didn't expect for it to be so easy to read. I guess with Bendis, Bendis. I mean, I guess easy to read can mean a lot of words, but he's generally a very breezy writer uh, but he also can be like kind can get kind of annoying like and like it's yeah. easy on something like spider-man where it's it's fun and light and breezy daredevil like it's a very different tone so it's harder okay to... so here, here's what i'm gonna say I, I i kind of agree with most of what you we were both saying yeah. and i i think this is very good and here's my like patented start out with a complaint and then i'll say it's pretty good <laughs> but like <laughs> i really have one big issue with this comic and I think it's that Brian Michael Bendis is a pretty bad crime writer. I think he's got a very... <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I, I know, I know it's like the thing he does, but I think he comes across as really naive, very, like, unworldly. Naive. It's like... the the, the You gotta tell me about the syndicates ways, you're running yeah. after this pod, because I want to hear about the your The mobster stuff, like... the organized crime stuff reads is so poor... It's so badly written to me. Like, what's this guy's name? Silk? Who comes in? Who's such a schmuck? Yeah. yeah, he puts so many like monologues <laughs> in Silk's mouth. These gangster. He's ch- supposed to be a schmuck. That's the that's how. No, it is. I, I know. Well, I mean, he, he's, he's kind of supposed a schmuck, to but be then... to think he's more like a like a great uh, too big figure than he yeah. actually is. Like yeah. he's just a random random mobster who thought he had a shot at uh, at being yeah. kingpin, and he just. But he's not convinced. Never stood it, a chance. 
Yes, I understand, but then he also takes Kingpin down. <laughs> He's smarter than Kingpin here and somehow gets the best of him, which the comic does not convince me of that at all. He does not convince me that he is some kind of leader of men who He doesn't outsmart him. I, I got to take issue with that. Like, Kingpin's already okay. wounded, you know, coming into this yeah, run. Yeah. And the, the, I I definitely forgotten the timeline of the Kingpin here, where it's like, he's already been blinded by Echo. That happens previously, so he's wounded. He's down a peg. He's ripe for the taking. And Silk doesn't outsmart him. He just kind of, you know, he gets enough violence together to to take him down. You know what I mean? Well, like So it, it kind of starts to set up him. like he's going to be this, oh, he's the smart takeover. But as it progresses, it's like, no, he doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, he's kind of a screw-up, and he just happens to stumble into this opportunity where he can he can that is get not enough. how the comic portrays it the comic does not portray him as like stumbling to the top and somehow finding himself there if it look it shows the slow well, it's, it's kind of a twist it doesn't get to the i think it's pretty like... purposeful go ahead charlotte no i was going to like... i haven't made my point yet <laughs> i i think no, it like, shows he him doesn't like really over get a series to the top, of right? issues building his little empire here he like gains information he wins the loyalty of all these men he's like turning all them on his side and like establishing yeah. himself as the new kingpin and it's really only vanessa that like tosses him down but it's not because he didn't like do a you know a good job of, of getting there and convincing all of kingpin's lieutenants to to turn on him uh yeah i, he I think all that but he didn't not... see the big picture well enough and the you know bendis throughout this kind of which is that kingpin has in. a wife he had some screw-ups in chicago he doesn't, you know, he's got he's got family connections. His dad's a big deal, so he feels like he's a hot shot and untouchable. Like it, it, I think it starts trying to make him seem cool and like a player, and then as it progresses, it's it's increasingly clear that like, oh, well, this guy's not going to be the new kingpin. Like the the comics never like really trying to convince us he's going to be the new kingpin. And then by the time Vanessa comes in, it's like, oh yeah, he's way out of his league. He's yeah, way out of his league. Since when Vanessa is Vanessa, you know, <laughs> kingpin junior. Like that's that's also kind of a a strange like thing to try to sell that she immediately comes in and is like I got oh, all that the works best for me. men I know that how to establish no I'm I'm gonna you know have the big like cleansing at the end of Godfather one moment and Vanessa's yeah. gonna organize it I, it's fine like that that stuff doesn't really bother me the Vanessa stuff is not actually a complaint it's really like I think I just don't think that Bendis gets the crime tone work that correct I think he's like it it, it feels yeah juvenile to me and it's trying not to be but it's also it's not trying to be um like very stylized like miller would do like very stylized crime stuff and it would be kind of silly but like i think intentionally so this i don't think is trying to be silly i think he's you know trying to be like these are mobsters these are tough guys i'm talking about cosa costa nostra cosa nostra uh and you know made men and all this stuff like <clears throat> whatever it, it all reads as very uh, flimsy to me which is why i think when he shifts to the second half into more superhero stuff into more daredevil stuff it works a lot better um that's where <laughs> i had an extremely stupid thought in the middle of this which is i was reading it and i was like man i just don't think bendis does very good crime comic work i really wish he would do like a spider-man run i bet he'd be great on spider-man <laughs> turns out yeah, we have I some bet. evidence yeah in that direction yeah, exactly. uh so um, i i will def i'll be the bendis defender here i think you're totally wrong I think you're way okay. off yeah. on that criticism. Um, I think the the crime setup, I actually find way more interesting than the progression to kind of the superhero community and his secret identity being outed. That stuff to me feels more of a piece with what a lot of other writers can and will do. 
um, whether on Daredevil or elsewhere in the Marvel Universe, I think the crime setup and taking down the kingpin and those power structures and how it relates to how it's being reported and then the FBI actually tracking these characters, that stuff actually feels unique in the Marvel Universe. And um, like I said, I like the interactions between characters. I actually think the the ri- the very rapid rise and fall of Sammy Silk is done really well. <laughs> I actually really like that. You get Richard Fiskin, you get Vanessa Fiskin. They're all connected. Um, the Kingpin's already ripe for taking down, you know? Like, it's it's weird yeah, that he's blinded like and just, still it ruling. Was, yeah, it feels like it was just a piece of the, like, slowly eroding Empire of Kingpin and, like, Richard I don't, working I don't at it. I don't get where, like, where are you getting them from? That's not what the comic did, though. The comic well, showed like, Kingpin he, is still he exactly strongly says, like, asserting when his power he's with Silk. By, well, when let, he's me, let me finish by, my point. Yeah, go like, ahead. Kingpin is, like, we, we see three months earlier when he first meets Silk, and he is... Still, like he is blind, but he is still extremely, like, asserting his power and his like, you know, the power structure over these men. It's just that Silk knows the Daredevil thing, and that's somehow enough to convince all of Kingpin's men that Kingpin is like a pushover and can be taken. I would appreciate this if it was like Kingpin Junior, whatever I can't remember his name, Richard Fisk. You know, it was like if 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 Silk was being manipulated by somebody who was just using him. Maybe that would make more sense, but like, well, that's I, that's what happens. Like, that's exactly what he says during the interrogation and all. Like, it's like, like, yeah. Richard Fisk has been working at this like probably for years. Like, the reason everyone knows is because Richard told them, and he's been working at it. But he even he doesn't like. No, but Richard's end game is like a mastermind here. No, like, it's he's not. Like, there is no mastermind. It's just like he just wants revenge, revenge on his dad, and that's yeah, why it falls apart. Buy that? I just don't buy. It. Like, I don't buy the kingpin. What? What is you know, not is fine? there's there's here. one panel that sells that and it's of a k- abusive kingpin with young Richard like that that no no not that, not that he would turn as on. I needed no that's not what I'm talking about no I'm just saying I don't buy that kingpin is like it doesn't sell that kingpin is in a weakened position yes it here does the scene where he is blind in his room in the dark and Daredevil sneaks in and he is scared we do not see the kingpin like that ever that scene that's alone yeah. very effectively sells. The weakness yeah. that he's experiencing by being blind. He doesn't have Daredevil's senses. Like he is, he is, at, you know, so he is portraying a false strength with Silk because he thinks he can bludgeon his way still through to leadership. But it's, it's not surprising. I think that, that yeah, Silk no, could convince I, I, people that this, you know, this individual has fallen from his seat of power. And to Charlotte's point, you know, Richard Fisk has been planting the seeds for years because he hates his dad, which is, which is, I think, I think, understandable. I think it just kind of, I feel like that's not on the page. I feel like you're bringing a lot of like we just we just told you all the pages the specifically where we're seeing yeah these yeah I don't know it, like I mean I, I just feel like I I understand the like the silk character I've seen him on crime <laughs> shows there's versions of this in the Sopranos there's definitely one on Boardwalk Empire somebody who like can't quite wear the crown but it's like tough enough to get there kind of like you know to stumble their way to the top and then has no idea how to hold on to it I just I, I didn't buy it I don't know. Uh, that being said, Bendis's dialogue is okay. Uh, I I was not yeah. irritated by his dialogue. Like it didn't bother me. I didn't buy the crime dialogue stuff, but like it didn't have that kind of like annoying over banter. Everyone sounds like a teen girl thing that I sometimes complain about. So all that out of the way, I just want to say like that stuff didn't work for me. But it is not like a poison pill in this comic, right? That is not ruin this comic. I think I he gets Daredevil really well. Like I think he kind of understands the character. He kind of continues that legacy of Daredevil being 
self-destructive and making bad choices and uh, outwardly destructive. The scene where he's in the bar and Daredevil is like beating people for information and he's like, which one of these guys am I going to beat up? I could beat all of them up. They all deserve it. Like, no one would know. Maybe I'll just beat them all up. Like, that's a great <laughs> Daryl moment of him, like, just thinking, like, maybe I'll just enact violence on everyone here just for, you know, to get my aggression out. It's <laughs> um, a really nasty moment. That's, you know, up there with anything that Frank Miller did. There's a nice so, descent uh, into violence yeah. that Matt is experiencing as all this, ha- like, even before his life really starts spiraling with the with his identity being outed, and that definitely sets mm-hmm. the stage for, like, yeah, he's not in a good place <laughs> with yeah. any of this yeah. he has problems of his own um just to get back to the actual defense of bendis as a crime writer um i mean that is where as an author he makes his bones right with with series like jinx and uh the one that i actually really Powers. like is called yeah. torso um which is an account of these murders in cleveland that i think is quite good I, you know just because he made his bones there doesn't mean he's he's good at it but certainly has a reputation for that uh i I think, you know, if you want to, yeah, if you want to stack up and be like, all right, how does it compare to The Sopranos or Goodfellas or whatever? Or um, Brubaker, Okay, right? there's some limits. How does it stack against Criminal in, in Brubaker's... Sure, you know, sure, sure. How, yeah, how, how grounded does thing. it feel in, like, But I, but I think Brubaker for someone bringing it... Like, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, it's a notch down from a really great crime comic that I love. But when you then, you put it in the Marvel Universe and you put in the superhero stuff done pretty well and the Daredevil characterization... I mean, yeah, it's grading on a curve a little bit. It's grading on the Marvel curve a little bit, uh, but it's saying it's he's not good at it is really weird to me because for me, this has been just at his best. Um, I definitely reading this again is way more fun to me than rereading Ultimate Spider-Man again, which was a, a yeah. more influential mm-hmm. and significant run yeah. at the time. But going back to this was like I'm like, oh, this is this feels better. I, I like this more now um, than I than I like rereading Ultimate Spider-Man for sure. Uh, so I actually think it's a fantastic fit. And again, like, it's stuff that we haven't seen. Uh, it's it's playing with the legacy of Frank Miller extensively, right? And the fallout of Born Again, where Kingpin knows his identity and isn't doing anything with it. But it's playing with it in ways that, you know, we haven't seen. And it's also, like, taking an issue in the FBI headquarters discussing this. Taking significant portions of time with Ben Urich and J. Jonah Jameson in The Bugle talking about these things. These are smart POV changes that aren't just yeah. Matt and Foggy yeah, talking that, about his identity. That's all good. Yeah, it's it's, 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 none it's of very smart. Plus, plus, good, yeah. I mean, the real kicker here is we're talking too much about Bendis. Alex Maleev is is phenomenal. Um, He's killing it. Alex yeah. Maleev yeah, works great. so well with Bendis, where you see those pages where the dialogue's snaking all over the place, and it's not a problem because you can just follow Maleev, whatever he's doing artistically in the background, and not be as bothered by it. Like, I just, I love reading this again. I was like, oh, this is why I fell for this, because Maleev has such a a grounded... Um, real like, like it just feels like some like someone really put this to paper as opposed to the increasing digitization that we're seeing in Marvel right now. It's like, oh no, this is a, a person with skill did this with a pencil, <laughs> which is lame when I say it that way. But it's like there's a an earthiness to it. I mean, it's a little Sienkiewicz influenced, um, but not nearly so abstract. But just like the way, like yeah. every time I see a character drawn by Maleev, it feels like, oh, here's the modern version of Spider Man. Or, oh, here's the modern version of Black Widow, um, as opposed to, like, what came before. Like, And I, I think, too, the modernization that is happening thematically here in terms of, hey, you know what's kind of lame in the early 2000s? Secret identities. Why are we still playing that old song and dance? 
the same way we've been doing it for decades. We've been talking about this for Marvel Comics forever, right? When is when is Iron Man going to come out as Iron Man? You know, and uh, and this is something that finally the ball starts rolling. And this is, I think, the first real significant dent in that with, you know, Daredevil's identity outed and then the battle about what that means and what actually happens. And then you'll have something like a DC identity crisis, you know, a couple years from now where it really gets talked about again and for good and for ill. Um, but this Daredevil one, I think, does it extensively and I think does it really well. Um, so even just on a pure comic superhero level, you know, which is actually, to me, not even close to the most interesting thing about it, but you can just talk about that level of like, you know, yeah, should Daredevil have a secret identity? What actually happens? Do we care? Should he go to jail? Right? These sorts of things. It plays it very, very seriously, and it takes the question, it doesn't, it's not as playful as Miller, which I know Miller doesn't have a playful reputation, but Miller's Daredevil is funny at times. Oh, yeah, it's very playful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. runs only, it's only funny when it's trying to be clever, essentially, with dialogue. Um, it's not silly, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have any much whimsy. Ugh, to and when it someone all. says that guy's got a lot of chutzpah, and the other guy goes, <laughs> "Chutzpah? What? Are, what are you Yiddish?" I laugh. I laugh. Bendis laugh, loves laugh. Uh, Yiddish. <laughs> like, he loves like Yiddish, his... and then he loves the second character going Magilla, like interrupting yeah. him to. <laughs> that, that's one of his favorite. I jokes, do. And it's Bendis never is, good. <laughs> I feel like probably people have talked about this, but like Bendis' Spider Man is like incredibly Jewish, and I don't think in any other comics that's ever been established. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he always has Spider-Man saying all these like like Jewish like sayings and things, you know? Which yeah, which bubka. works. <laughs> yeah. Like it like it works unless he's not Jewish and then it's like like Spider-Man like culturally appropriating all these <laughs> like what's happening here. Um <laughs> anyway, I like these comics a lot. Uh Maliv is something else. Is gonna be on this run forever. They're on this from two thousand one to two thousand six. And uh I, I just think it comes out and it comes out so strong. Right, it opens with the death of Kingpin, seemingly, right, and then goes from there. It never loses momentum. I mean, the whole thing reads like an ongoing saga in a movie. Like it's hard to even sure. like, quite yeah. put the pinpoint in. Like, where's even like the trade break in this? Which because mm-hmm. it's good, yeah. I like. You know, it doesn't like like Kang Dynasty, right? For Avengers, which we talked about, it's like it's like somebody put a break in, please. Like it's you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. I, oh, I, I mean, never I said, have that we read Daredevil. 13 12 or 13 issues of this at once something yeah. like that i just sat and read them all last night in 70 minutes something you know they go down incredibly i mean it's it's bendis same as spider-man they go down super quick they're very fun <laughs> like they're breezy i i i do want to say like i think this is quite good uh, too, you know, late. Like, I, 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 too late too <laughs> late hey i said i before i Classic. even critique and I, I i know i said you can't you can't ping me on that um i am judging it on a curve because of its reputation Right, as this reputation of like one of the best. I mean, same with Ultimate Spider-Man. Talking about that, right? Like, it's just judges like one of the best Marvel comic runs of all time. I mean, reading this like, again, so far, I did feel vi- sorry. Sorry, finish your finish your thought. So far, it does not like stack up against like Miller to me, or even Nascenti. But okay, that's what I was gonna say. Is so Miller's but the it's goat. close. Miller's the goat, but and we shouldn't pretend there can be another number one. Right? It's like talking about you know, can LeBron catch Michael Jordan? No, no, we can't. But that's fine. Yeah. Right? Number two yeah. is fine. Uh, number one's Miller. My number two for a long time, in my in my heart of hearts, has been Bendis and Malieve. But increasingly, I've realized, like, well, that Zadarsky. maybe isn't that maybe isn't very cool <laughs> to, yeah. to have that be your number two. Reading this again, I was like, no, it's my number two. I definitely like this more than Nascenti and JRJR. Um, I like it more than the Brubaker run, which I'm curious to reread. Uh, and Zadarsky's ongoing run, 
which is happening right now is is quite good but i think this is better and i, and I think See, i only this is wait is it still monumental Zdarsky? yeah he's still going i thought oh i thought he like left to go do batman i didn't know it was still on no um, batmaning and daredevil at the read... same time that should be outlawed it's crazy that's <laughs> crazy because i'd read like the first 10 issues or so of Zdarsky's run and while i was reading this i was like hmm i think i prefer to Zdarsky, like just a little bit um I think like he kind it's of good, and we're naming five good flip yeah, runs here. You know, right? They're they're all very good. I mean, th- there's tons of stuff that Bendis gets very right here. Like I said, like I think he really gets Matt's, you know, like Matt's inner life. He really understands that. I really like you know kind of him ramping up Matt's nastiness, and I like the secret identity stuff. I think the way it's unveiled is really interesting. I think it's way more interesting here. Like it's such a smart choice to not just have it like. Him get filmed pulling off his mask and it's just like, he's Matt Murdock. Everyone mm-hmm. knows it. For it to be this kind of like, okay, the story came out, but he's going to deny it. So it's just living in people's heads is like, is that Matt Murdock? No, no way that guy's blind. Well, I don't care if he, it's him or not. Like, he saved my cousin. Like, this kind of wishy-washy, like, you know, it, it is both true and isn't. And it's unclear in the public's mind. And he's fighting it. And, like, and he makes the choice to fight it. Like, the choice to take a step up and actually like fight the uh, newspaper here I think right. is a really interesting one that is given a lot of weight like you know because it's kind of a choice to walk away from the costume or not right and he cannot walk away from being Daredevil and then I really like the end of this where like it's seemingly like Daredevil intimidates the FBI agent into you know not being a source for the newspaper anymore and then the newspaper and then Matt is so cocky about it to the publisher that the publisher initially is going to acquiesce and drop the lawsuit or like settle with Matt Murdock. And then Matt's so cocky that the newspaper publisher is like, forget it. No, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to lose a ton of money, but like, you're so smug <laughs> that yeah. I'm going to, you yeah, know, like, I... you're laughing at my face. Like, great. That's such a good moment. And, and I love his point about like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if you win, everyone knows, right. It doesn't matter if it's not proven. Like it's, it's still out there. And it's still going to, you know, affect your life. Really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I really like how much, like, the identity being out isn't as big a deal as you would think. Like, just, yeah, people move on. Like, it's not the only thing in the world. And also, like, it's unclear for most people. Like, that's that's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, but then also, one of my favorite things about this is how much of an a-hole Matt is, and he's allowed to be unlikable. Like, yeah, him being smug to the publisher and that being his downfall. Him threatening an FBI agent out of, like, being the uh, not witness, but, like, source for the paper. and Pure just self-preservation, being... right? Like, yeah. It's, it's not and, for some greater good. <laughs> and also him it. being, yeah. like, kind of pitiful in his relationships. He, like, he he meets Electra on a roof and he mentioned mentioned a thing like about the relationship and hopes that it will get a re- reaction out of her and his reaction to her like her heartbeat not even moving at that and him being so sad saddened by that like I think that's great him just being a, a pitiful guy that can get over Electra and can get over that kind of stuff it's it I it's great how much of like just kind of a beautiful a-hole he he's allowed to be mm-hmm. uh while yeah. still being the the dead of all the hero and and stuff like that it's it's a really interesting dynamic and well and that's the thing about really great portrayal thing about of, these of issues like the whole run is like what does he do that is heroic <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you say daredevil the hero but it's like 
what heroic thing does he do? He doesn't do anything <laughs> heroic. You know, the biggest move he makes is to lie publicly, you know? Yeah. And it's, it is this weird sort of moment of like, it's like kind of what you want him to do. Like, you know, like you kind of want him to fight it. And yeah. it's like, oh, this should be interesting. But then at the same time, it's like, all right, like maybe because technically he's like, um, you know, the headline says that I'm Daredevil and it says that, you know, I am not blind or something paraphrasing. And he's like, that is categorically untrue. So, like, technically you could spin it and be like, well, technically he didn't lie because he is blind. So that part was true. But it's like, he no, he, what he meant and what he, yeah, if you add it yeah, all together, yeah, yeah. was like, I am not Daredevil. And it's like we have our quote-unquote hero telling a giant lie <laughs> and suing yeah. for lots of dollars and threatening a publisher over a lie. He knows it's false. Yeah, it, Everyone I around mean, him knows it's, it's false. It's incredibly unscrupulous, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> like a pub, like professionally unscrupulous. Like goes against, you know, his Matt Murdock persona, which is something we usually don't see him do. Because the Murdoch persona uh, is always I read his heartbeat and he's not lying. I'll defend him. Right? It's this mm-hmm. completely yeah, altruistic yeah. defender of the of the downtrodden lawyer. And here's the total opposite of that. You know? Here's the total mm-hmm. opposite of that. It's just like, no, I yeah. just I'm gonna get what I want. Um, and I'm going to lie. And I, and I love his usages of his heartbeat monitor. That Electro one's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. him beating himself up because he's just like, I, she does not care at all. And I know that for a fact. And I just keep desperately trying to get something. I want her to feel something for us. Uh, that's really good. And then I really like the um, the touch with the publisher where they're negotiating a settlement. And Matt <laughs> settles on a number. And the publisher's like, that's exactly how much I was willing to come down to is the number you said and like almost sniffs out that he i i don't know if he like specifically was sniffing out that matt you know yeah. read his like heartbeat um but like that matt's doing that the matt's manipulating the uh the like the negotiation procedure because you know with his powers is like so slimy <laughs> and yeah. and like the guy says incredibly smug um the one detail yeah, that i thought was kind of really funny good. was which was meant to probably mean more than it does is there's a scene where he like bursts into a diner and this is after his identity's been outed and like just a random diner is sitting there is like hey what color's my shirt and uh he turns mm-hmm. and he yeah. he says he says something else but then as he leaves the woman goes he didn't answer <laughs> as if uh-huh. to indicate yeah. Yeah. as if to indicate like well he can't see it which is true but it's also like yeah but you're just like an a-hole yelling a question at him <laughs> like that doesn't yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't well, mean, mean he didn't it, see it, it. It feeds into that thing that I, I like where, you know, it's it's putting out the idea that, like, his identity is kind of out there, but not really. And, and in everyone's mind, it's going to it's like a debate, you know? Yeah. It's like everyone's yeah, it's arguing, very, like, like conspiracy theory like, which is. Interesting yeah, exactly. For, right. Yeah. So, well, like, and, and yeah, the coolest thing about there, it, but not firmly. Yeah. The coolest thing about it, too, is like we've seen this done eight million times where the and, you know, go back to Silver Age Lee Dicko Spider-Man. And you see Pete in the costume, and it gets wrapped up and undone. Every single time, it gets put back in the bottle quickly, you know, fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. We've never really seen it linger or stay out there. And you just get the sense with this story that it's like, they can't, how are you going to put this back? You know, like, you just get the sense where it's like, how can you bottle this back up? Um, And what's cool about the run, and I won't spoil anything, but it's like, it, it really... It really deals with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not just putting it out there to be like, and to be continued, oh, next issue, oh, it was my brother, Mike Murdoch, my twin. You know, like, it, it's not 
playing that game and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel yeah. like it's trying to to sneak us. I don't even think about the MCU, right? With with No Way Home where it's like, "Oh, Spider-Man identity out there." And it's like, you know, by the end of the movie, it's not. You know? Well, like you know, it's a hard I mean, thing to commit to. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I think Spider I mean, not to <laughs> turn into a discussion about that, but like I think that one at least sold like it reverts but at a great sacrifice, right? It, it was not like a painless, you know, Deus Ex Machina that reset everything. At the end of that movie, but, the whole end of that movie sells that, like, uh, you know, he, it is he pays a still high cost for coming from out. an unwillingness to play in that space, like from the idea that Spider-Man and, and Daredevil stories should be told in the context of a secret identity, like that's a a base of it, and like shaking that status quo up is like is a good thing, and is it's interesting that this will play in that sandbox for a while. Like I don't know how. It gets reverted. If it gets reverted, I think it does, but I don't exactly know. Yeah, I don't, how it I don't actually know if this is. I mean, <laughs> I the wish, thing is like. I wish I could explain to you the complexity yeah. <laughs> of the situation. Maybe the, off mic. The, no, 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 no. We're going to read it, Dave. You know, I'd rather read a comic than just have it explained to me by a YouTuber. Yes. I'm, I'm different that way. Preach it. <laughs> um. I mean, we, we've talked about it forever. The secret identity thing for so many of these characters is so dumb. But for Spider-Man and Daredevil, it matters and it, like, don't you, works. Don't you think right? Daredevil's like, the, the perfect choice for this story? I mean, Daredevil's the perfect choice for, like, because if this was an Iron Man story, we'd be like, yeah, whatever. Just just do it. Yeah. Idea. Just do it. But with him, it's like, I get it. You got to protect it, right? Like, you're, I mean, the, they sell the idea, like, if you come out like this, you're going to be disbarred. And your cases are all going to be, you know, opened up again and your legacy will be ruined and you're going to destroy your business with Foggy and it's going to professionally destroy his career. Uh-huh. Right. Like there's real stakes here besides the like villains are going to show <laughs> Mr. Hyde showing up at his house. is pretty funny. Shouts to Mr. Hyde. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good moment. I, I do like the joke of like, who the hell is that guy? The guy's just like, just wait two seconds. And then he's like, Mr. Hyde is here to yeah. find you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, they always just say their name. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good joke. Um. Yeah, it really sells all that. That's why, like, the second half of this really worked for me. The first half worked okay. I had some problems, obviously. But um, I think, like, once I got into this stuff, this is what, like, worked really well for me. Cover is a more recent, really good Bendis crime story. Cover by Bendis and David Mack. I Um, couldn't finish the first issue of Powers, the Bendis uh, superhero crime story. Yeah, I know know you didn't like that one. I I don't... I mean, calling that a... That's a police procedural. I don't know if I'd even call that... I guess it's crime. I guess police deal with yeah, crime. I guess but, uh, so. Well, I don't know. I don't really think of it in those terms. Ill-equipped to write, you know. Police. I just if you're if you're going crime comics writers, mm-hmm. Brubaker Phillips, absolute number ones. Nobody's really fighting that. Um, Frank Miller, Rizzo, he, Eduardo Rizzo, with Brian Azzarello mm-hmm. on 100 yeah, Bullets. Well, uh, see, I don't like well, that. I don't like that book. So I don't. I don't. I, I, I like I like Bendis crime stuff more than I like Azzarello crime stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I, hundred bullets should have been sixty bullets. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> uh, doesn't have the ring. It, it would have put that on the cover. Better. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good uh, tweet, Jason, Jack. Does that's Jason Aaron do? Because um, I kept thinking about scalped. Southern Bastards I, was was Dee's okay. Southern Crime. Uh, scalped. I love Scalped. I think yeah. Scalped is incredible, and I yeah. just don't know if he does other crime stories. No, um, we could put Aaron in the in the conversation. I think yeah, that's because I just you know, lately he's been on a Marvel Comics kick, but um, but yeah, I don't. It's it's a hard, a hard genre I think to to dominate a um, polar genre, if you will. 
a what? I learned yesterday that that's a polar <laughs> genre is the uh, what the French call crime comics or crime genre. Is that yeah, true? Polar, yeah, polar is like the French equivalent to noir, but like with the oh, same noir, okay. that just means black. That doesn't mean anything. Because <laughs> I would, yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that for a long time. Um, I wouldn't say this is crime noir the way Bendis' Daredevil yeah, is Yeah, not written. really. Doesn't, it doesn't no. have that feel. Whereas really. like Brubaker uh-huh. stuff is all heavy noir influence. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the spy comic we just covered for uh, extra issues, Sleeper, is like, it's more of a noir than anything else. Yeah. Though. It's like superhero spies. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Daredevil quite fits that genre. Yeah, the way, no, the way Venice does things. I don't think so. All right, so yeah, like good, good comics. Um, so Zach know, thinks two of the worst some. comics we've ever read. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is like probably like a strong like a C, a C C plus maybe. No, I mean, I'm definitely in. I'm definitely in. Like, oh, do I move this up on my best comics of all time list territory? Because Whoa. I hate it that much. okay, it's not. It's not on that territory. Like, this is not cracking my top ten. But like. Well, it's not my it top is, ten, but I'm talking about on the well for like my mega list, I guess. Um, um, I don't I've know, got maybe, it. Maybe I've got it. it. Might be a little, <laughs> I've like, got it 134 right now. No, 133. That it's behind right. Thor: God of Thunder, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom: Triumph and Torment, and uh, Jeff Lemire's Underwater Welder. Mm, good comics. I don't know yeah. it's going to move anywhere because the you know that's that's pretty hallowed ground that high up. But uh, yeah, I had a great time. Let me great see what time. you have under it. What's what's right under it? Ultimates by Al Ewing, uh, 52, DC, Grant Morrison's Animal Man, Immortal Hulk. Ooh, okay. I mean, this this does not touch Immortal Hulk for me or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But yeah, Ultimates. Now, is that because of your fierce support of Joe Bennett? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, the man right, could do right, no right. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, Saying I it's better than Immortal Hulk. Is- feels weird <laughs> yeah i agree yeah now that, now yeah. that i look at that fair, and say that out loud to be fair we haven't read i mean the making these lists is tough this like, yet but yeah uh you, you know what like looking at your list it's roughly where like i seems like where i would put it <laughs> so i don't think there's that much daylight between uh how you and i feel about it yeah i might but, have to move um, hawk that feels wrong but yeah the um I mean, the thing is, we're skipping for 2003. We're jumping back in. We we finished with 37. We're jumping back into 41. Like, I'm going to read 38, 39, and 40. There's no way, like, I'm going to skip around on this run. Like, it's, this is a read-it-all for long. me, for sure. This is certainly going to be a read-it-all. If if for nothing else, I mean, <laughs> I like it a lot, but also, it's Bendis. Like, those three issues will take me 15 minutes. Yeah, so, like, exactly. For sure, I'm just going to read this whole thing. Like, um yeah, yeah. I, you know what? It got me, and I will say, it got me pretty excited to see Bendis because I know Bendis really expands out into the Marvel universe here. And I was like, while I'm enjoying this, like, I think he's just really good with like superhero stuff, you know. And I'm excited to see him get on Avengers. Like, I know that's his, you know, where he like lands for a while. It made me slightly less excited for Alias because I know that's more like gritty <laughs> stuff. And I'm. It made you less excited for Alias. It made me less excited for that just because I'm like. I'm not so you convinced. want Avengers Bendis, not what he's known for, Bendis. I, I guess so. I just like the the gritty stuff. Just is not convincing. Well, to, to be me. fair, like, you I haven't don't... read Avengers Bendis. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I will say that <laughs> is an unpopular it's... opinion, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's better. I haven't read it yet. But no, no, I know. I'm, I'm just. I I have yeah. never heard anyone who's read well, p- those purely books because say what that. I think he's good at. I think like he's good at the super heroic stuff. I think he's good at the kind of slightly more i, I don't know it's yeah, just, yeah no I, I think to... i think you're inverting what ver- what, what virtually he, everyone else would yeah. say which is i'm not <laughs> saying i'm not saying you know the the words coming out of my mouth are not zach you're horrible 
right? I'm not saying okay. Zach, okay. you're wrong, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not okay. saying, oh Zach, God, this is the craziest thing you've said since you said you didn't like <laughs> Dr. Doom. I'm not saying those things. Um, okay. But other people might. Other people might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm really looking forward to his uh, action comics run. I'm, I'm action. Com- oh, you know what? Start strong. Um, I, I would be very curious to hear from our great listeners patreon.com slash my here if you want to join the slack uh who you know because some of our slackers are going to agree with you they always do and uh i'd be curious to you know oh, to see like do. all right who who thinks bendis actually is not as good at crime and is better at super heroic stuff who likes that better? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but you also yeah. have to caveat if you say that you have to caveat that with here are three crime books i like better right you gotta you gotta show your work i think because uh, otherwise I you mean, might just not like crime right charlotte just scouts, like oh, just, criminal yeah. and it's another crime book. Well, I think if you're just like if you're just a do-gooder, and you're like, I just don't like crimes. I don't oh, like that okay. people commit them. I don't like that they happen. Preacher's, <laughs> preacher's half a crime book. Preacher's a little bit of a crime book. It's uh, kind of I wouldn't a call little bit of everything. Book. No, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't actually call it that either. Um, I don't know. What's a what's another good crime comic? Bendis's uh, if, torso. You know. Bendis's cover. Bendis's um, Daredevil. Daredevil Ooh, obviously, the good Asian. <laughs> the good Asian. Is the good Asian is a really good crime book. Yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I was thinking. Of? <laughs> I I gotta read this comic again because we've been talking about Jeff Loeb so much, and like, is he a good writer? <laughs> like, questioning. Like, does Jeff Loeb have it at all? And did he ever have it? So I gotta reread Long Halloween and stuff because I was thinking of Long Halloween mm. while reading this because he does mm. so much like mobster stuff in that. Why do you see? I remember makes me nervous on that working. one because I yeah. I have defended the heck out of the Long Halloween. I mean, I loved it the few times. I have, I mean, I have it right here on the shelf. Uh, I've always loved it, but then I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I think he goes silly there, which works, right? Those are not like, yeah. it, it's it's a slightly sillier, cartoonier version. So I think. Well, and sales it style is yeah, it doesn't caricature-ish like, at times. Ring untrue to me. Um, is the question kind of a crime comic a little bit? Oh. Sometimes. Well, depends who's writing it, but it can be. I guess that 80s run is the only one I've read. I can't remember who that is, but. Denny O'Neill. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Dennis a good one. Cowan. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, let's take let's park this ship in in the dock. All right, that was a more <laughs> that was more disagreement and yeah. stronger opinions than I was anticipating today. I I I like don't, it. Don't I genuinely I don't want this miscategorized as like Zach didn't like this. <laughs> like I I I, I it's specifically amazing said how I, you paint yourself in these corners. I like you know it's coming. Complaint. I had <laughs> one complaint about this and I said it was not poisonous to the run. <laughs> and I have one issue with one kind of plot line here. Um no, it's it's very good. Don't don't oh come gosh. at me. Oh my gosh. Um, your fe- your fear of the fans <laughs> at the end of these episodes no, is something it's you. to behold. It's just you. <laughs> Your absolute yeah. terror. Um, I still get like just this week. I was pinged with being like someone wrote like I just listened to the Mutant Massacre episode. I can't believe Zach's out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting. This isn't that. that. This isn't that. I'm not. Uh, no, of course. Not. No, we're not like at our rope's end <laughs> with each other. Um, yep. But no, I, I'm. It's a. It's a really good take because it's really unique. I'll give you credit oh, on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but you know, like. Being the mo- being the first person to be that wrong is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Good work. What are we covering next time? We are talking X Force and Ecstatic. Ooh, very excited Ooh. to get back into some of that. I kind of forgot about that comic. Um, 
We're reading a Patreon edition <laughs> four-issue miniseries added by a longtime Patreon member, Chamber. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Number one, three, four. Lot, yeah, actually. people have been digging it in the Slack who've been it's reading. Brian ahead. K. Vaughn, I think. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, interesting because I have not read any good <laughs> superhero comics by Brian K. Vaughn. Um, if that's the case, and you've read it is, it is Brian K. What Brian K. Vaughn uh, superhero but, comics? Just his Ultimate X Men, which is like oh, okay. just such a stinker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> to actually to, to to divert us again, I just found a Reddit thread that was like, "What are the what are the changes in the Ultimate Universe that you think work the best or the most exciting?" Like, don't say Mister Sinister. That, don't say Mister. And Sinister. it was like the third from the top was oh. like that Mister Sinister had to kill a certain amount of people to become Apocalypse, and it, like I was like, "What do you?" This is this list is null and void and invalid. If that I liked, like a... I liked the blob eating the wasp more than I liked <laughs> that, Mister. <Sinister. laughs> yeah, I do too. I agree. I uh, it, it took way too long to get to Kitty Pride, which is clearly like Kitty Pride is the star That's of the a good Ultimate one. Universe in the yeah. way that like she, Kitty Pride and Peter Parker dating is the best change that has ever happened in uh, the Ultimate Universe. It's really good. It's good. Anyway, we're reading that, and then we're reading some more Exiles. Which I'm excited about. Like I was a lot not of offbeat X stuff. Should be fun. Yeah, I think well that's basically what we did last time. We did X Force, Extreme X Men, and Exiles, and we're doing a sequel episode. Then the next excited. App, yeah. We're going hard on super interesting Fantastic Four and ending the King Dynasty. That'll oh, be interesting. Yeah, we've got a couple couple cool uh Fantastic Four comics coming up. Someone just added in that um God, what's it called? It's like a a grounded Fantastic Four comic. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it one, two, three, um, four? The the Morrison and Lee. No, Somebody added no, it. You said yeah. Someone, someone's adding it. Maybe it's coming much later. For but, Patreon. Uh, yeah, it's like grounded what, Fantastic Four. It, it's like very much in the '60s. I don't even know if they have powers. Um, what? And it's like a little Fantastic Four <laughs> mini series. You know what I'm talking about? That's it's a new thing you wrote. God, I can't. Someone's someone's screaming. Who's <laughs> listening to this? You're, um, you're, is, is someone added yeah. this for us to read in the future? Is that what you're talking about? Unstable it's molecules. A flashback series Thank in you. the '60s. Yes, Fantastic Four unstable molecules. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the uh, the James Stern comic, which is like, yeah, very much. <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems like a non superhero Fantastic Four story. That's an interesting addition. What yep. I'm getting from it? Yeah. Uh, I. See. Did someone actually add it? Oh, yeah. Someone did add it. Yep. For 2003. Yeah. Maybe I didn't tell you, Dave. Sorry. Uh, did you... <laughs> you didn't add it to my list, I think, as well. No, I didn't I add it to your it. list. Uh, we'll have to find out where to... Well, where, are we gonna, where are we going to fit that puppy? Yep. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that after the show. We'll have to put it with... Mm-hmm. Uh, probably in the first episode with, with the other Fantastic Four. One thing. Yes. Yep. I agree. Okie doke. This is good. This is good, riveting discussion. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, fun, uh, fun a new thing to hang over Zach's head for the next probably fifteen to sixteen <laughs> episodes. Oh, you gave you gave Dare, Bendis's Daredevil an A minus, you lunatic! Absolute. I give it an A minus. Okay, come on. Absolute savagery. That's very good, Charlotte. Do you have any final? You want to sneak in a hot take? I feel like it'll get overshadowed by Zach's. We get, Ooh, we could probably say yeah, anything yeah, we want at this point, and it'll get over. So I'm just gonna put it out there again. Dogs, <laughs> it wasn't a hot take. Dogs, come on. incredibly overrated. <laughs> Keep them to yourself. Keep them away from me. Dogs <laughs> super overrated. Charlotte, you got anything? Oh, I mean, I can just want to quit the podcast after hearing that you, your opinions on dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every comic could be improved with a dog. 
is what I have to say. And I don't <laughs> think that's that hard of a take, but I think it's important to put it out there. Yeah, like, okay. Is there what bad comic features a dog in uh, in like the main cast, huh? I mean, Hawkeye is one of my favorite comics that has a dog. Yep. Log Joe in Miss Marvel, stuff like that. Like Not a lot of dogs in Watchmen. I don't Not believe. a lot of dogs in Watchmen, yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of watch, if you give Rorschach a dog, though, <laughs> yeah, we already know what he does to dogs. We saw him with a dog. Oh, yeah. that's there are memorable <laughs> dogs. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Okay, Watchmen yeah. gets dogs right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's my okay. new take. <laughs> Let's end it here. Speaking of Watchmen, Charlotte and I are doing our side bonus podcast on Patreon extra issues. You get six months early access. We covered Watchmen as our very first episode. It's a great episode. <coughs> it's about to come out on public uh, in the public feed, I think in about a month. Um, but we already have the entirety of our first theme, Superhero Subversions. All six episodes are done on Patreon, so if you back us for $5 a month, you can get access to those. Go listen to it. I think it's a great show. I'm so proud of it. Yeah. Um, so, And we're about to start our second series here which is going to be on the works of molly knox ostertag we're going to do three episodes about her work and cover the entirety of what she's written just everything she's done so um yeah very excited about this podcast go check it out sounds like a good one yeah <laughs> yeah dave uh dave thinks it sounds good he, he was on one episode but you know <laughs> and i thought it sounded good all right thanks everybody for listening uh you can always contact us patreon.com slash my Find all the social at my Marla this year or at Comic Herald. Thanks for listening. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. We'll see you next year. See you next, see you year. next year.